This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. This is Colin Moriarty. That's Scott Lowe. I thought you might say hello or something. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. (laughs) That was just why I was saying that. But that's Scott Lowe. You don't have to say anything. Or you can. And that's Brian McCaffrey. Hello. Uh, It seems like the first next generation console will be announced on February 20th. Yes. So the Wii U came out already. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, folks. Uh, Sony sent out uh, a save the date Mm -hmm. yesterday for February 20th. There's an event happening in New York City. Uh, They're getting married. Yeah, Sony (laughs) is getting married. Yeah, so Microsoft. Sony says we'll be able to see the future. We reached out for comments. Sony said uh, this event is about the future of the PlayStation business. Strange little uh, thing to say, but okay. So we... We think they're going to announce the next PlayStation. New Vita color? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope it's something like that. I hope yeah. it's the new Vita. It really is not like actually that. the biggest. No, no, I, I just think it would be just ridiculous. It would be, it would be the biggest disappointment of all yeah. time. Um, yeah, so yesterday, like three or four in the afternoon, uh, uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on PlayStation Blog, etc., they sent out this blast about the future. It leads you to this, this website with a kind of a cryptic video showing off the face button logos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, we got emails. Uh, uh, you know, some of us got emails all, all around the industry uh, to sign up. It's not even to save the day. It's like you have to submit your credentials and sign up. Um, and so, uh, yeah, February 20th in New York City. Uh, I'll be there with Greg. Scott will be there. Um, I think Kezo from the UK is also coming over. Um, too bad. I would love to go to yeah. get the perspective. <laughs> I'd love to have I don't you. Think maybe I'll we, be invited. We, maybe we could. Pro- we might be able to arrange that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's exciting because this must be it. This must be it. I mean, uh, you have to assume that this yeah. is it. 
So what happened to letting Microsoft go first? Didn't they just say recently that they head fake? I mean, yeah. it, ha it has to be like just them just you yeah. know just yeah. head faking. Colin and I were talking about this earlier. Like, there's no way that they could be that reactionary. Like, you know, they, like there's no way you could just put together like a massive event like to like in a coordinated media campaign yeah. at the last minute just because your competitor like announced their date. So like, and if you do, yeah. you're you're coming from a really bad place. Yeah, it's it's a it's a you know recipe for failure and, and disaster. So these these dates are obviously set in stone by yeah. now. Um, so so I think you know Colin's absolutely right. It was a head fake. Um, you know, or maybe they had information that you know, Microsoft was going to do it sooner, and they just couldn't wait. Who knows? But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think that was a total head fake. So if they put out this teaser video. It's like 44 seconds long, I think. Uh, I don't, someone in the office made the observation. I forget who it was, but they were like, well, they should have put that uh, during the Super Bowl this weekend, right? Um, maybe they didn't want to spend the money, yeah. quite I mean, frankly. I mean, so $4 money, million dollars for an ad during the Super Bowl Money is an issue year. for Sony. Yeah, I mean, another good point, too, is that the the God of War ad that we wrote about that they were teasing, the live action one, is being shown during the Super Bowl on the internet only, like kind of, so if they're not gonna, What? So like, yeah, like it's like- It's, it's not really a Super Bowl No, no, commercial. it's like it's like during like CBS's post-game stream online, it's something like that, so. Um, yeah, so it doesn't seem like they're loath to, to spend money. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it would have been cool, but at, at the same time, this they're not ready to show anything yet. This is to get nerds like us excited. Yeah. Um, I, I don't right. think anyone, well, I, I wouldn't say anyone, but I don't think a lot of people watching the Super Bowl are going to walk away from that app being, like, super stoked. They probably wouldn't even know what it means. Yeah. They probably think it's just a commercial, a general PlayStation commercial. Although there's the ultimate counter move from Microsoft is, oh, we have a Super Bowl ad. <laughs> We're <laughs> teasing really our good. Xbox yeah. on the Super Bowl. I mean, the thing about the Super Bowl is, like, the signal to, like, noise ratio is so high. You've got so much yeah, noise yeah, yeah. happening all at once. Everyone's, like, teasing their new movie or new game or, you know, whatever, like, why not do it on your own and like make your own splash? And and regardless of like Sony's like overall like global financial straight dire straits that they're in right now, like if they talk about the PlayStation, people will stop and listen from mm -hmm. all walks of uh, you know the industry. Like it's 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 one of those things like you can't help but like get a ton of attention regardless of what you do or what venue you do it on. Is it is it going to be called the PlayStation Four? Um, yeah, I think it will be. I mean, my 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 guess for a very long time was that it would be called PlayStation. Um, but th what indicates that it'll be called PlayStation 4, I think, is actually the Quantic Dream story from last week. Um, uh, they, 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 the domain name. Yeah, the domain name Singularity PS4, and they got the domain name uh, Heavy Rain PS3 and Beyond PS3, so this is their style, and so I think that that's actually basically proof that it's going to be called PlayStation 4. So you 4. think if it weren't called PlayStation 4, it would have just been SingularityPS.com? Yeah, maybe. Unless, because you have to assume, even though Quantic Dream is not owned by Sony, they have a very close relationship right. with them. They know, what the, they know what it's called. But isn't you it know? still possible that, that they just registered that domain? I mean, that's, you know, PS4 is just sort of the colloquial code name that, that it could still be PlayStation. Sure, but I think you could be right, except for the fact that um, they haven't even announced that the game exists yet, and right. by the time that the console's announced and stuff like that, it would make no sense at that point to call True. it PS4. That would True. actually cause brand recognition issues, I think. Yeah. So my, my guess for a very long time was actually wrong. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think there's, um, you know, it could go either way, like uh, Ryan said, like, you know, there, there is, you know, for, like, web search nerditry, like, here, like, you, you, if, it's probably the most searched term is, like, PlayStation 4. Like, people aren't sure. probably searching for Orbis or, like, even for, like, the first year of the console, like, what it's actually called. A lot of people will still be searching for PlayStation 4. Um, but that said, like, it seems like it would be weird for them to completely abandon that brand recognition of, like, PlayStation number. Like, you know, it just, like, it, it, it would totally disrupt the naming conventions that they've used. And as we've seen with the PlayStation Vita, kind of causes some confusion. So, I mean, like, to, to go rogue and, like, throw out, like, random, you know, new titles. So, 
So if the PS4 is announced on February 20th, when is the new Xbox announced? I think we're looking at within 30 days because we're going to have GDC coming up. Uh, and and just is well, really, it comes down more to as soon as the cat's out of the bag on on PS4 on February 20th, developers are finally going to start talking about their PS4 games uh, slash next gen games. And so I don't think uh, it's going to serve Microsoft to to have people talking only about PS4 games and oh uh, maybe other platforms as well. It's you know they'd really just be sort of handing the full spotlight to Sony. So I think within 30 days before GDC, which this year is uh, actually a little later than it usually is, it's at the very, very end of March. So I think um, within that within that 30-day time frame between February 20th and March 26th, I believe it is for GDC, mm-hmm. probably mid-March if I had to if I had to put a guess on it. Yeah, getting into some like tech nerd stuff, like let's do it. You know the. The rumors are that these two consoles are going to be based on the exact same, um, you know, brand and architecture of, of chips. So, like, you know, these next-gen titles are presumably going to be of the cross-platform ones are going to be like seamlessly kind of developed at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, like Ryan said, like if developers start talking about PlayStation Four, they're only going to by association like st- like kind of let stuff slip about the next Xbox. So. You know, if Microsoft is smart, you know, and and doesn't want to like you know kind of hold out until a little closer to E3, uh, they'll get ahead of those leaks because those yeah are they're start. they're they're just seeding ground to Sony if they if they let it go for too long. Yeah, so if they have such similar architecture, will that avoid the the problems that we saw this generation where a lot of times developers had a harder time developing for PS3, right? Yeah, I mean, like the the cell architecture was was you know proprietary. It was very difficult for developers to port their stuff over, mm-hmm. um, and you know is is just technologically really difficult just to understand from a developer perspective in general. So, you know, by unifying it and standard standardizing it uh, between you know the two platforms, and even by extension the Wii U, which uh, uses the same graphics uh, technology, like or at least the same brand and category. Um, they'll make it, it like basically you can have games scaled down to pretty much any of the consoles with varying degrees of. Power. That'll make developers really happy because that'll help with develop, streamline development costs. They're yeah. not, they don't have to have a separate PS3 team that's like, all right, well, now we have to figure out how to get our Madden engine to work on Cell. It'll yeah. just be all one thing. Well, and it, it almost seems like uh, like the, the console industry had like a consorted effort because like they realized that you know platforms <laughs> like iOS and Android are really kind of taking up a, a, a huge part of the, the gaming market now. They're like slowly but surely kind of coming up and is really regarded as the big threat to consoles. Um, you know, by making it easier for, and cheaper for developers to do it, they ensure to some degree that you know, more developers will be inclined to develop for all the platforms and thus help the entire industry. We're one step closer to the, the singular Sony soft console. <laughs> yeah, maybe, seriously. Maybe in another eight years. Yeah, no Nintendo, though. They're, they're out. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I just was trying to come up with what the name would be if you added Nintendo to it, but I couldn't. <laughs> uh, so we're hearing lots of rumors now uh, about the console. One of the biggest ones is about the new controller. Mm. So we're hearing that they might sort of Scrap the DualShock design? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was Edge uh, had yeah, the rumor Edge. about the controller will somewhat be the same, but they're removing like the middle part of it where the PlayStation button is and the start and select and to put like some sort of screen there. Like a touch, uh, a, a touch, touch pad. Yeah, right? like, not a, a touch a, a screen. Touch pad. A touch okay, pad. A touch pad. Um, which is strange. Uh, you know, there was words, of, you know, word about the share button and all these things. It seems like they want to make it somewhat ubiquitous with social networking and stuff like that, mm-hmm. allowing people to share their videos. It's actually great marketing for them if you're able to just share anything you do. I mean, it could be bad marketing too, I guess, um, if the game is bad. 
Um, so we're hearing things. I, I think they'd be foolish to abandon the form factor of the DualShock completely because people that play PlayStation like it. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been the same since 1994 and really the same uh, in terms of DualShock since uh, 98, 99. So um, I think that they'd be foolish to abandon that now. That's kind of like their calling card. But they yeah, could do something broke, to it. Don't fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could do something to it. I understand people like the Xbox controller sticks and the triggers and stuff like that. They could mess with those things, but mm. I would expect it to look ninety percent the same if, if I was a betting man. Well, I, I really like the idea of the share button. Uh, so rumors that we're hearing uh, are that it, the system might just always be recording the last fifteen minutes of activity, and that with a button that you can you know share that online. Makes total sense. YouTube came up uh, during this generation of games. The Let's Play video is, you know, a very popular, you know, uh, thing that people do and, and watch. So even on IGN, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So just make that make you know, that would just make it easier than ever for people to share their gameplay videos. Yeah, online. I mean, you, you look at uh, some of what Sony's been doing, like you know, like Gaikai. They acquired Gaikai, the streaming cloud service. Mm -hmm. um, which uh, is a lot like OnLive. It, it never got to that kind of consumer-facing level where you could like it's a, like its own branded service that you could go buy a box for. Like it, their whole angle from the very beginning was to support other devices. So like uh, they had partnerships with LG where, or like you know Samsung where they would pow allow you to like play console quality games on your TV using like they were basically like a back-end service. So Sony's got them now. We don't know what they're doing with them, and they haven't been able to say like. So I mean, it's possible that you know like kind of cloud. Um, you know, video recording and stuff could be a, a factor in terms of like Gaikai, but also you could look at stuff like um, you know the rumors that Steam, like or Valve, is you know producing like a kind of a, a wireless streaming option where you can like access your games from right. like in your living room, like where it's like kind of this cloud-based thing, or even kind of local streaming. You know, Sony could be pursuing something like that where you can actually like play a full PlayStation 4 quality game on your Vita with a Wi-Fi connection. Like you know, there, there's all these potential options for like the kind of cloud stuff that they could get from Gaikai. Well, and what's interesting is that, you know, we're hearing that these two consoles, the Xbox and the PlayStation, <coughs> are, are so similar. Even this, this share button functionality, while we haven't heard anything to that exact effect with the next Xbox, uh, uh, recording the last 15 minutes of what you're doing on PS4, that's DVR functionality. Mm -hmm. And we've heard a lot about Microsoft maybe doing DVR-like things. Um, and really getting into the living room with the next Xbox. So yet another potential similarity between yeah. these two things. Yeah, I mean, every the, this year is going to be the war for the living room. Like everybody wants to, you know, replace cable boxes and sat satellite, you know, boxes. They want to be able to instead of just like streaming services like Netflix actually provide live broadcasts, you know, kind of streaming yeah. or Well, and what's uh, what's interesting is that's Microsoft, that's been their goal from day one. Yeah. Publicly, they said when the Xbox started, like they knew they were going to take a bath mm. on Xbox One just to get a foothold in the living room. But they said from day one, we want to take over the living room. And the, the Xbox One was the foot in the door. The 360 has been uh, largely successful, and they've dabbled with, in that with like Sky over in the UK. Mm -hmm. It sort of is kind of a cable box uh, in, in parts of Europe. And now, yeah, the, the next Xbox could be the, the well, grant, the, the finale. And the PlayStation 3 in Japan has the DVR like yeah, adapter. It's, it's called the Nasne or something. Yeah. And, and the program is called Torn, I think, something like that. Yeah. So I think there's like issues with cable providers and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And they're, and they're also like testing, I think, this technology. Um, I mean, that's kind of the thing is that with the, with the new announce, you can kind of look back at some of the technology and even look at the Vita and be like, now you kind of understand more about what they're doing. Um, that maybe they're not, I've been saying this for a long time, that they're not concerned about the Vita because it has something to do with PS4. Um, 
you know, that they would be much more concerned about this thing, like, tanking, basically. Except for the fact that they might give you another reason to buy one, and they're just not worried about it, you know? Um, or they're just putting on their good corporate face, but... Well, like, how... What would that reason be? Um, well, I think uh, Scott touched on it. I think that if you could... If the processing was done on the PlayStation 4, but streamed to, like, over cloud, like, wirelessly or whatever, access kind of the same files with the Vita, then you could play those games on your Vita. Like the Wii U gamepad, right. essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and... To, like, to even say like the, that there would be bundles where the Vita came with the PlayStation 4, um, they, it just seems like that would make a lot more sense and that they kind of put this thing out to see how it would do um, and that they're just not super concerned about it because they'll give you at least another reason. And snag the money from the early adopters mm -hmm. in the process. So I, I think, you know, I don't know. It's interesting to see what happens. I mean, the other interesting rumor I thought uh, was that it'll be out by the end of the year here and in Japan but not in Europe. Mm -hmm. um, Which is the biggest market for PS3, right? Yeah, PlayStation where is, is most, most popular. Yeah, it's most popular in Europe um, and Japan too. But I, it seems like so they want to get out in their home territory and then in the biggest market. Um, and that here. that opens the door for Microsoft if they can get a gl full global launch this holiday to maybe gain some some lost ground back in Europe. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It would be strange. I mean, we did the same thing. I think with their staggered launch. To me, it says that they're going to have supply problems, not necessarily in getting these systems made, but that they anticipate that the system might actually be really popular. Um, and obviously, they want to get it out in Japan first. Um, the United States is the biggest could be market for them, um, so it would be cool to get it out globally. But that was, I thought I thought that that was the most interesting rumor I read was that they're not planning a yeah. global release. Like the letting Microsoft go first with the Xbox 360 was a disaster for Sony and the PS3. They had a year head start, and then they totally botched their own launch. It was way overpriced, and the bravado was. You're not going to see that kind of bravado from them. Well, again, that's actually. the thing. The success of the 360, looking back on it, was really as much about. Sony's effing up mm -hmm. as it was about what Microsoft did right. Sure, I think yeah. Microsoft got lucky. Yeah, and, and, and to the point about supply and, and like production, I think these systems are going to be more powerful like, than anything we've seen before, obviously. But like, I think that um, in terms of like, contextually, like, you, know, you look back at like, the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, like, they were you know, more powerful than the previous consoles, but within the global market of like, PC stuff, like, it was like, obviously really, really like, low-end hardware. I think these systems are going to be a much more kind of mid-range to like upper um, range in terms of performance. So these are going to be really expensive consoles to produce, and it's going, you know their volume is going to be impacted by how complex they are. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you know that the supply is definitely going to be an issue, not just because of demand, but because of just the complexity of the device. Well, particularly, I'm sure both Microsoft and Sony are going to be pushing to the very last second before they before they lock in their hardware and, and actually start manufacturing. So that could certainly contribute to yeah. supply issues as and, well. And, and I think you know, the power thing, you know, everyone like, you know, is against the idea, like no one cares about power. But I think what people are failing to recognize is that power isn't just about graphics and like, you sure. know, like, you know, visual totally. fidelity and, and experience. Like, it's about scalability, like you know, long-term evolution. Like, they've hit a wall with the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. There's only so much they can do with the hardware that they've developed, but like, they've evolved it as, as widely as they can. You know, the Xbox looks completely different today in terms of the like, software experience mm -hmm. and the entertainment options that it offers. Like, by making it more powerful now and subsequently more expensive, they're allowing themselves to really kind of evolve these things rapidly and, and extensively over time. Like the PlayStation 4 we see in February and later this year, Will not be the like same device we'll see in like sure. four years. Yeah, so right. I mean, the 360 circa November 2005 is in every way, shape, and form a It's almost like a new console now. Yeah. Uh, both even even the physical design of it. Mm -hmm. yeah, it looks totally different. Mm -hmm. um, going back to that possible PS4 controller, if they remove the select and start buttons and the PS button, replace it with a touchpad, 
What seems weird about that is that that's not a big area. That's like no, it's, it's like very, this it's big. very tiny. It's, that's what I'm saying. Like I think that that rumor is strange. Like I, I, I believe that there's gonna, they're going to do something to that controller. But like I said, like I don't think they're going to. I don't. I think they learned from the boomerang um, with the PS3 that people didn't want it. Um, that it's weird that the what's the boomerang the boomerang remember? controller the that's PlayStation like 3 was announced with a totally yeah. different controller oh that's right and it was like outrageous it was, an, it was an instant internet meme I totally <laughs> forgot about it that. was outrageous I, I it's just very phallic that is their call <laughs> I mean that controller is their call <laughs> card like, yeah. it really yeah, is, it is. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that they want to mess with that I think it would be a really huge blunder to mess and, with that and controller. really why uh, why up I mean the, the controller a new controller already costs 50 bucks why increase the cost of the controller with a with a touchpad yeah. well and I think uh, you know the, the core I think what we'll inevitably find is that people are misinterpreting the term touchpad like you, you think of touchpad you think of like there was comparisons to the PlayStation Vita where it's kind of like you know just this flat surface but like it could just be a touch sensitive button you know like you know like we see in was it the the text communicator for the uh, you plug into the uh, DualShock now like mm -hmm. It's like that's touch sensitive on the top where you can like use it as a cursor. Like there could be physical buttons on it, but it could also act as like a you know a touchpad. So there, there's any like the concept of like touchpad controller is like it could mean any number of different things, and it may not exactly mean the doing away of like physical buttons in the center there. Sony does hypothetically employ people smarter than us <laughs> to make these things and make these decisions. Yeah. Well, the event is on February twentieth. Uh, presumably, a lot of our questions will be answered then. But Colin, I know you'll be uh, working diligently leading up to the event, and anything that you discover, you will obviously share with us. Yeah. Our, Any vacation course. plans you had for the next thirty days got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, we're gonna have plenty of stuff on IGN. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff we haven't talked about software at all too. Um, we we just did podcast beyond an emergency episode. It's not really much of an emergency. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, we you know I think we're gonna be talking a lot about hypotheticals with software too, third party and first party. Uh, we don't know what at, you know nine or ten of the Sony studios are doing. I think we're gonna learn that uh, real soon too. So um, there's gonna be a lot. There's a lot for PlayStation gamers to be excited about. And in turn, Microsoft, uh, you know Xbox. It's just fans. it's an exciting time in general. It I is. am very I love excited it. right now. I can't wait to pre-order PS4. So I'm, you know, for nine hundred dollars. Yeah, day one. <laughs> Worst case, profiteering. <laughs> eBay. <laughs> True. Uh, we'll be talking a lot more about the future of video games right here on IGN Games very soon. Welcome back to GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. This is Justin Davis. Brap, brap. That's Mitch Dyer, who is celebrating his one-year anniversary yeah. here in the IGN office. One year. And this is Colin Moriarty. Hello. Gentlemen, we Thank are you. on the precipice of a next generation of consoles. Uh, announcements are imminent. Indeed. And we're hearing rumors now that the next Xbox, be it called the 720, the Durango, or just Xbox. Can we start calling it the Xbox Banana Backflips? Nope. <laughs> nope. You cannot. Okay. Whatever it's called, we're Colin. hearing a rumor that it will require a constant internet connection. It will always have to be online. Obviously, if this is true, it will prove controversial. For that reason, <laughs> I find it a little hard to believe. Uh, the rumor comes from Edge, uh, which, you know, it's a reputable, reputable site. It is a, rep it is a reputable yeah. site, but they, don't, they just list an anonymous source telling them that. But there would be such backlash, you know. I would just be really surprised if Microsoft did that with their next console. Right, like for me, I feel like it's highly unlikely because it's, it's such an alienating thing to do, to say you have to have the internet, you have to be connected to the internet to play single player games, to play anything. Now on the Xbox 360, obviously Xbox Live is a huge component of it, and we've seen 
various forms of multiplayer integrate Xbox, Xbox Live in different ways, whether it's with online passes or different vouchers that come in the box or things you pay for to access different, different components of multiplayer. All that stuff, I guess, makes sense in the context of, hey, I'm online, I'm playing a multiplayer game. If you want to play a single-player game, like if I want to play Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, if I want to play Dead Space 3 on my Xbox, I can do that. I don't need an internet connection to do that. And I can enjoy those games totally as pure single-player experiences. I feel like it is nearly impossible that Microsoft would say, no, 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 you cannot do that anymore with this new console. You can't play Halo 5's campaign unless you are connected to the internet. I wonder why, like, what would even be the reasoning for it? I have no idea. Um, Edge's story says that because of the, the always online internet connection, therefore used games will not be usable on these platforms or on this specific Xbox. I don't know where that, what the connection is there. It seems like a bit of a leap. Um, well, I mean, that's one answer to the question of why. Sure, but that's like, like the, that's one answer totally. to the question why is, you know, on, always online or forcing online is a form of DRM, you know, yep, pretty verifying strong. that you have a disc, that you yeah. have a legit copy of a game, that it's new. That you paid for it. Yeah, that it's yeah. So it locks out used copies. Yeah. Justin, you were saying earlier that you didn't think it was that bad a deal. Yeah, I mean, I think so. <laughs> I'm coming around on this topic. My thoughts, my stance on this topic is evolving over time. And I think even on a previous Game Scoop, I was very against you know not being able to sell used games. But sort of the realization of the epiphany that I had is that my two favorite platforms for you know buying and consuming video game content right now are Steam and the App Store. And those are two platforms that already lock out used games. I don't even think about it. You know, they've been that way since day one. You know, you're not actually buying a game. You're buying a license to play the game, and you can't resell it. Um, and that doesn't bother me on those platforms. But for some reason, you know, on an Xbox or on a PlayStation, that idea seems much more abhorrent, I Well, guess. Th this rumor came hand-in-hand hand with the, the, another rumor that, hey, Xbox is going to have 50 gigabyte Blu-rays. That's what they're going to put their games on. Mm -hmm. So that's, obviously that says, hey, there will be, <laughs> there will be retail releases. So when Halo 5 comes out for Xbox 720 or whatever, we're going to have a retail release, presumably a digital release. If, if it was digital only, I could understand needing the internet. Because if it was the only way you could acquire the games was to be connected, then obviously you have a connection that would let you stay connected to keep playing games. That was I a really mean, weird way to phrase all that, but I there, hope we got there. There's all kinds of levels of always online. Like Steam is a platform that uh, you know is always <laughs> online. You know it's an online sure. digital distribution platform, but you can play Steam games offline. Yep. You know, and sometimes there's some hoops you have to jump through. Yeah, you have to like specifically deactivate yeah. or activate on the offline mode on. Individual sure. games, and so things you know evolve over time. You know, a lot of Steam games require you, you know, day one activation. You need yep. to activate it once, and then yep. you can play it offline. The Xbox might have something like that. I mean, we just don't really know at yep. this point. Um, I'm I'm okay with it for that reason. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really bother me so much. You know, the point that I made earlier is that an Xbox sucks if it's not online. I like, totally disagree. Completely disagree. <laughs> There are so many amazing single-player experiences that you could, you could buy an Xbox and just have a power cable and a component cable and a controller, and you could get an enormous amount of enjoyment out of just buying single-player games. For me, playing Xbox is all about signing in, seeing right. who else is Who's online, what? seeing what they're playing, what they're watching, checking out something to watch on uh, Hulu, you know, watching an episode <laughs> of Parks and Recs on Hulu, then yep. jumping over to play a game. Maybe checking out my friend's leaderboards on the game. Has anyone beat my score? You know, yep. that's that's what playing Xbox is to me. Yeah. So I agree with Justin that not ever taking your Xbox online seems really weird to me. Sure. But I realize that maybe you know half of the users out there, maybe more, actually don't. So I mean, it's a better online. experience. It's a much Ad better. It's a hundred percent true. Xbox yes. Live is baked into the experience. My personal Xbox experience to such a degree 
that I would never, you know, I would get significantly less value from that platform sure. if it was not connected to the internet. But when Xbox Live goes down, like when there's maintenance, it's not like you can't access the platform anymore. So looking ahead, if Xbox Live goes down on the Xbox 720, suddenly nobody is allowed to play games, if this online thing is true. If you need to be connected and you can't connect, they've bricked your system. It's a useless box. It's true. That sucks! Yeah, that's why I find it hard to believe. What does Colin Moriarty think about all this? You look deep know. in thought. <laughs> I mean, I'm of two minds of it. Uh, I kind of agree with Justin <clears throat> that it's not really a big deal. But it ignores a key infrastructure problem in the United States specifically, which is Xbox's biggest market, uh, in which if you... You know, we're, I, I feel like you know we we live on the coast. We live in a city. We, we're kind of detached from the reality of most of the country, which is that they do not have cable, like steady cable access. Um, and if only to appeal to everyone, because I, I would say that a lot of people that don't connect their Xboxes can't. It's not that they don't want to. So um, people still use dial-up in this country. A lot of people. You know, people still have DSL that is unsteady. A lot of people in this country do. And it's not because you know we don't have an incredible amount of wealth as a country or whatever we do. It's because the country's huge and there are a lot of people living in rural areas and, and it's, it's hard to get a steady cable connection in those places. Um, but at the same time, I w and I was talking about, to Ryan McCaffrey about this today, I wouldn't be surprised if this was true, even though I don't think they're going to do it. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised simply because they want you to be connected so that you spend more money. On the, like, there's, there's a lot of different marketing reasons to do this. If you're online, then you're browsing. Oh, yeah, there's this service. You pay a little bit of money for this. There's a game here. It's opening you up to this whole ecosystem that I don't think a lot of people even think about. I think a lot of people still think about consoles. As you go into a store, you buy a game, you put the game in, you play the game. But that's really not what it is anymore. There's, there's Xbox is a marketplace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so you... giving people access to that and forcing them in to the marketplace and being like, you have to engage in the marketplace and maybe have something like Steam where you could play it offline, but maybe you have to connect every so often, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised, but there, there, there are huge infrastructure problems in the United States. Not in most European countries, not in Japan, but definitely in the United States where something like that would be detrimental to pushing units out the door. Like, so much of what I do at home, maybe everything, aside from eating, <laughs> involves the internet. Either I'm surfing You don't web, eat online? No. <laughs> you don't watching, live stream your dinner? <laughs> I'm watching YouTube videos, I'm streaming a movie to Netflix. Uh, so if my internet you know, went down, if Comcast went down, the one thing that I can do that's digital entertainment, I could still play a game on my Xbox, right? So, like, it would be so weird if I just couldn't do that now, you know, going forward with the next console. Next Game Scoop, let's bring dinner. Let's just, just eat on Game Scoop. Eating. We can uh, just yeah. start just 30 minutes of that. Yeah. I generally think any, any, any show where we expect people to, like, listen and watch us talk, we don't want to have food in our mouths. But that's just my. Just saying, my if you want to be all the, all the way online, Damon. Oh yeah. Well, I think from the business oh, from, from a business perspective, you know, people are howling about you know used game sales being locked out, but people love Steam to death. Yeah. That's a platform that doesn't allow used I game saw, sales. I saw a comment that said, "If this is true, guess I'm buying a Steam box." Yeah, and it's like so you'll totally buy all, so you'll buy all new games <laughs> exactly. I mean, Steam. So, but, but Steam is the example of there being no used games, and so there's price parity. You know, and and this is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there's a certain. You know, Colin, you were talking about a guy you were interacting with on Twitter who said that every single, you know, his entire games library is used games. Oh, so, so sad. you know, Sony and developers and publishers got zero dollars from him. You know, he owns dozens of games. Well, he's he's a net negative on Sony. Yeah, and so was he proud of this? Yeah, well, he was. I don't know if he well, seemed like he was. He's just stating, you know, a fact, right? Like I only buy used games, and so there is a significant chunk of the audience that, you know, look, I will not buy Saints Row for more than five or ten dollars. I won't do it, right? And so. That, you know, THQ has a decision to make. They can make zero dollars from that person and let them go buy the game used, or, you know, once or twice a year they can knock it down to 10 bucks on Steam, and then they get to capture that customer. And that's really the flip side of this use the games argument. That's why, that's the second half of what I was saying earlier, where, 
you know, the App Store and Steam don't bother me at all for, you know, some of their practices that might bother me on Xbox and PlayStation because they understand, you know, Steam games get knocked down to $250 or $5. Sony's adopting this in some ways with Plus, right? Yeah. Like, we see every month someone, like, Plus users get a free game or two, they get discounts on a bunch of new releases. You, so could, you, could, you could just have Plus never buy a game and be, and be yeah. pretty satisfied with yeah. what you're getting. I, I mean, I think that that's the point is that that guy on Twitter... Sony doesn't care about that guy. And in fact, if that guy didn't buy a PlayStation, they'd probably prefer it because you know, they don't make any money on hardware. They make money on software. And if you're connecting to games where there are server costs and you're doing all these things on their network and you're not buying anything from them, then they don't want you. And so, I don't think that they're they're like I don't really think that they're scared of being like, well, you the used game guy might not want to buy our next PlayStation, but guess what? We didn't make a goddamn dollar on him <laughs> in 7 years. So who yeah. cares? You know? I think that they're, you know, there's a few things to think about apart from the infrastructure and all these things. Are both companies going to do it? We've heard rumors That's about both. If, it has if, to be. If one is certain that the other is going to do it, it then they will just, both do it. It can't be just one. And it's an elegant, and like I said this morning, it's an elegant solution. Because, there's no, because then there's no way out. Because PC has been doing this for years. You can't do it on your tablet or your iPhone. You can't buy used games. And now the, 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 the HD twins and the next gen, you cannot buy used games. So there is no solution. So if one is certain the other is going to do it, and who knows how the hell they'd ever be certain about that, then they're going to do it. You know, yeah. and I mean, people, because there's no net negative. If one does it and the other doesn't, yeah. that's bad. People yeah. will trade, I've said on Gamescape before that people will trade quality for convenience. People will also trade, you know, some of their rights as a consumer for convenience. Yeah. You know, I'll download a game, you know, you can download Xbox 360 games right now and Wii games. And, you know, I'm sitting on my couch, I want to buy this game, I'll pay it and download it, then I can't resell that game, you know, right? I don't have a disc that I can then turn into cash later on, but that's more convenient for me, so I'll do it anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, but this is... And, people and, and, trade almost anything for convenience. Exactly, and that's, that's what I've been saying for a long time, because you know, I, I'm not against used games on a, on a moral level. I'm, I, mean, I, I just think that they're, it's silly if you want the, the, the industry to prosper, to continue to, to like, propagate used <laughs> game sales, simply because, you know, some may argue the publisher had already been paid for that game, and that's true because the game was already in the wild, but if you were going to buy it anyway, then they would have sold it again. So it's, it sends mixed signals to developers, and I think that, A, the publishers would be right on board with this, I think the only thing that Sony would be afraid of isolating or Microsoft would be afraid of isolating are their retail partners who they rely on to sell consoles. And they have to think about whether it even is relevant. And McCaffrey made a really interesting argument today that Microsoft and Sony <coughs> might be willing to take a hit, you know, quote unquote, for two or three years, considering these consoles will last maybe a decade, right. Right. in order to like just say like there is no solution. Like this is the reality of the situation. Like we make these games and we control the means by which you get them. And if you don't want them, you can go to another marketplace. But here's the thing, the other markets are all the same. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's coming to the reality of the PC market that they've been doing for years. Steam is a great example of, of a system that creates price parity between games that were more expensive because there's a competitive marketplace now. There's no used games, they're all new and you have to compete to sell your wares. And I think what people don't realize, and I've said it many times, is yes, it is true, indisputable. Games are cheaper in real money than they've ever been. And they are more expensive to make than they've ever been. And if you make a competitive marketplace where people have to compete and not everything's $60 or $10 and it meets somewhere in the middle, more games get sold, more money's made, we get more games, everyone's happy. Mm -hmm. And I think that this kind of situation is gonna facilitate that. But whether we're, you know, this ignores another good point, Damon, which is the used game sales thing will solve itself if they let it. And so, it, because this is the last, the, the last system we'll get before it's solid state completely and we don't deal with discs anymore. Only. It'll, it'll, it will deal with it itself. And so the question is, are they patient enough to let it do it, or are they just ready to do it? Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, whether this happens now or whether it happens in the future, <clears> it's <throat> going to happen, right? It's just a matter of how fast is it going to happen. Yeah, used like, games are done. Physical media. Like, if you yeah. want to talk about, like, when we all have kids, you know, and they're like, oh, man, when we games came on discs and movies came on discs, like, that's going to be the silly thing, right? Like, you yeah. know, the world is a digital place. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that is inevitable. Uh, it, I think the idea that your console has to be connected online is more the controversial point. I, yeah, I, again, I just go back to it doesn't really bother me because it's such a higher quality experience. Like, you know, I think about a game like Geometry Wars that without those leaderboards, like, I would not have enjoyed that game in the way that I did. And I think about, you know, even single player games I feel like are more enjoyable if you can enjoy them in like a passively multiplayer way. Like you can, you know, share high scores and trade things back and forth. Uh, need, the recent Need for Speed Most Wanted is a good right. example. Yeah, um, well. That game doesn't really have, well it does have traditional multiplayer, but you know, the way that I played that game multiplayer was, you know, you just, these notifications pop up that you're doing a single player race, but you did it faster and more efficiently and set a new, you know, speed camera record than somebody else and then that update gets pushed to them. SSX is another really good example well, of that. Well, and as games start integrating marketplaces within the game, like with Dead Space 3, for example, like you could play that game single player online but still have access to this wealth of content right. within the digital marketplace. So this goes to Colin's point of developers and publishers wanting to drive people in the game to keep spending money. So it, it doesn't necessarily only need to be a monetary concern. It can be a game design concern as well. If you know when you're designing your game everyone is going to be connected when you play that game, you can do cool shit. From, for, just from a design perspective, like right. EA yeah. did with SSX. I guess so. And like a game like, the, like, like Need for Speed that is so much built around that communal right. online experience, the people that are playing it offline are, are kind of missing the, point missing of the entire game. So I guess yep. it would solve that problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of uh, you know, passively multiplayer games mm -hmm. in that way where you're not playing you know, directly head-to-head, -head, but it's all asynchronous. And then... Watching that little dude in trials mm -hmm. at the top of my screen, right? yeah. knowing that Damon is that much farther ahead of me is yep, that's another, a huge motivator. That's another great example. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of another media device that does require an online, a constant connection. That we have now. I mean, I, 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 I don't know anyway, but, but <laughs> I don't know of any. Of I mean, that's an example a lot of people use, and and just in the sense that, like, what else makes you do this? You can sell your car, you can do all these things. That's mm -hmm. true. That's, that's completely true. I'm, again, I'm not principally against like used games. Like, you know, it's just there the is an economic reality to the decisions you're making. Like, the, the the game companies have not gotten into selling used games, like yeah. say the car companies have. That's because what when I was the car say. Yeah. When the car companies were mad about used game sales, they just started selling used cars, game and there's no option for the for the developers to use that. Game developers so. made the choice to run away from used game sales, not run towards it. You know, Activision could have been buying their own games back and reselling them, and having you know like a model like the car companies do, and they chose not to. So. Mm. Yeah, it's just it, to me, it's just it's inevitable. Like Justin said, it's in, it's inevitable. Used games will not exist in a few years. So it's a matter it's a matter of like how long we how we get to that point. Maybe yeah. the most consumer friendly way to get to that point is to just let the system do it itself. But but, but online like online only mode suggests to me like they want to funnel you and they want you to spend money. But the only reason you would really do that is to make sure games are not used games are not being used or sold. But they could also do it with an online pass kind of system where you just it's just a pass for the game. You know, it's just like you could still buy the disc, but you have a pass instead of unlocking the online mode, it just unlocks everything. Yeah. I mean that that convenience can also help with piracy. I mean it doesn't need to be. It's easy to sort of picture this dark future where you know it's always on DRM and blah blah blah. But it doesn't <laughs> need to be that way. Like, the world's in ruins. So it's like you're 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 painting a picture of my current you know Xbox experience <laughs> now as a dark future. So. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but I mean, people will like the detractors of the people that are worried will. That's sure. the argument that they'll sure. make, right? And it doesn't need to be that way. Like the bright future, the upside of that is I think we will see steeper sales. I think people figure out that. Yeah, like I said, if someone buys Saints Row for $5 on Steam, like, you know, they didn't lose, you know, THQ didn't lose $55 on that. That's a person that, you know, that's the ceiling, that's what they were willing to spend. It's an extra $5 so, that they wouldn't have made. You know, yeah, right. So in, you know, 12 months or 18 months or however it works out, you know, then they'll capture that consumer that they, you know, that they wouldn't have reached before. And that's a sale that would have gone to, you know, on Craigslist mm -hmm. in the past and now yeah. it won't. So 
Oh. Hopefully we won't have to wait too much longer to find out about all this. The PS4 is all but surely being announced on the 20th. Yeah, we'll be there the on February 20th, and uh, we'll hopefully have some answers to some of these questions, at least on yeah. Sony's side. I just, yeah. I just want to encourage, encourage Damon, I mean, people to, you know, I say it all the time, I say it on podcasts, beyond, I say it on Twitter all the time, whatever. If you're displeased with the practices of a company or whatever, if you don't want microtransactions, you don't want a solid state system, if you don't want something that's online only, like the only way companies will understand what you're saying is if you don't pay them. And like people have to be like very, you know, like the, the, the anti-online pass thing failed. The anti-day one DLC thing failed because people aren't, you can say everything you want on a message board, but it doesn't matter because yeah. if the money When they money see goes, that sale for yeah, that software, yeah. that's all they care that's about. That's all you're speaking about. So like just with, the, with these next systems, if you're that upset about the things that they might or might not do because we don't know, then just don't buy them because that will send the only signal that matters yeah. to these guys. We can go round and round and round about all this stuff, but that's all they care about. Yeah. There's, so, the, uh, there's a famous screenshot of Modern Warfare 2 on Steam where you know thousands of people joined a boycott Modern Warfare 2 yeah. Steam group because they weren't allowing, I think it was custom servers, or you know, some feature was turned off. Then when the game launched, you know, I think like 95% of the people in that boycott group were in playing the game. You know, they bought the game and were still playing. Yeah, it. and so and so a company like you know like Activision will just be like, you know, you don't like online passes this is a very big daring thing we're gonna do with our first game. Oh, it didn't affect the game sales at all. In fact, we're making more money on used game sales because they have to buy it to play the game. We'll keep doing it. The only thing they care about is the bottom line. I mean, because they're a business. They're going to keep trying to curb those sales too. Mm -hmm. They're going to do whatever they can to prevent you from selling your games, from buying used games, and. I mean, this is a logical next step. It's probably going to make a lot of people very mad, but yeah, I, mean, I guess hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, we see you know bigger, steeper discounts to to offset some of that. That's what I'm hoping. Oh, you, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think with the new PlayStation Network, the new Xbox Live stuff, and with Steam, you're going to see so many games are going to get cheaper. It's it, like like Steam. Like Steam is great about that. Yep. There's crazy deals on amazing games in Steam. I, I, I think that's what the marketplace on the new consoles will look like too. Mm -hmm. This yeah. problem will solve itself. I think. Thanks, guys. These are very interesting times for video games. We'll continue talking about them right here on GameScoop. Welcome back to GameScoop, everybody. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined today by Greg Miller, Yo! Ryan McCaffrey, and Rich George. Oh. Back in the day, exclusives were the most important part of a console's library. They Arguably. Were the, they were the selling point of the console. I had to have both the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis because they, they both had very different games. God too. forbid you missed Toe Jam and Earl. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't, did you? <laughs> you had to have it. You had to. Gotta get Genesis. Today, the, uh, the the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 libraries are very similar. So yeah. similar, I, I I would argue that probably most people probably don't need to own both of those systems. Nintendo is the exception. They're still very <laughs> yeah. <different. laughs> yeah. But so that leads us to the question today. You know, as as we we're, we're, new consoles are are imminent, do exclusives still matter? I, the answer is Damon, and we can end this right afterwards. <laughs> okay. Is yes. Yeah. But they're on the cusp of being completely irrelevant. They still, so they still matter they now. They still have a little yeah. bit of relevancy, but okay. it's about to be just like, so who it, cares? Explain, explain yourself. I, I, well, the example I always go to, and I was talking about it yesterday, right, is the fact that Sony goes out of their way to have these exclusives, right? They own all these first-party studios that can only make games for them. Uncharted, Last of Us, that's the same studio, that doesn't really count. But Killzone, you know, you see what I'm driving at, they have all these titles, God of War, that are theirs. Mm -hmm. Only we have these, and we're putting them out all the time. And last year they put out an awesome exclusive, or a great exclusive, about every month, and 
Most of them did not sell. Yeah, it didn't it, put PlayStation light years ahead of PS. Is that a marketing problem, though, Greg? Because you look at, you know, Microsoft has this almost the polar opposite strategy right. of, okay, we're, we're all about our key pillars, our Fable, which, okay, last year was the weird spin-off Kinect game that didn't go anywhere, but uh, Forza, which does well in sort of a fairly niche community. I mean, there's the Forza Gran Turismo debate, which is a whole other show, but, uh, and then it's Gears and Halo, and, you know, with Halo, Microsoft created a massive event out mm -hmm. of Halo mm -hmm. that transcended time and space, <laughs> and they've done that with the past Gears games, too, and uh, as good as Uncharted is, and as good as these, those PlayStation games are, I mean, Heavy Rain, uh, PlayStation All-Stars this year, they, you didn't see it everywhere. They, it doesn't seem like they really uh, did, the, did yeah. the push. No, that's They're what Microsoft like... dominates at. Microsoft is awesome at marketing their yeah. games. And you go, we go see movies all the time because we're best friends. Mm -hmm. And you get there and we see the Gears trailer. Yeah. We see these trailers for these huge games. People know, just like, not, not at all first-party exclusive, I'm aware, but Homefront, right? Homefront was this push that, like, Everyone knew about Homefront. Even if you weren't into video games, you saw these Homefront ads everywhere and eventually figured out it was a video game that you didn't want to play. Right? <laughs> What's interesting to me is like these, these exclusives seem almost like marketing machines of themselves, not so much for the games, but it's just like that's what distinguishes PlayStation from Xbox for me. It's just like, oh, that's the Uncharted console right. and this right, is the right, Halo right, right. console. But then all I really want to buy are the third-party games for that particular environment. Um, which is sort of interesting. I mean, increasingly it just feels like, you know, you're buying it for the services and the sort of, like, who, who you know that's on those consoles. Well, that, that's exactly yeah. right. Is yeah. you, you play Xbox because your friends play on Xbox and you come to Xbox for live. And that's why, I mean, that's Microsoft's Trojan horse for exactly. this next-gen console exactly. that's probably coming this fall is, you know, the PlayStation 4, you know, the rumors are it might be a bit more powerful than than the Durango is, but people are going to stick with Xbox because they're not going to want to give up their gamer score, My, I, my Call of profile. Duty clan is there. Yep, your, your, your buddies and yeah. your, uh, your achievements. It's also stuff. about hardware, right? I just prefer the Xbox controller. Like, so like, that's what you know, makes me more of an Xbox gamer today, sure. not, not the game library. I mean, I feel like Microsoft was very smart and they realized many, many years ago that services were going to dominate the industry more than actually mm -hmm. the content and that financially, you have to release as wide as possible. I and mean, we just saw that happen twice this week with uh, Ninja Gaiden, Razor's Edge, and Rayman Legends, where mm -hmm. they're, you know, publishers, third-party publishers are saying, like, it does not make sense to limit this game, which costs millions and millions of dollars, to one platform mm -hmm. with, you mm -hmm. know, an install base of whatever, better to serve all 150 million plus, you know? Why, why w it doesn't make any sense if you're a third publisher. Why would you limit yourself? Yeah. Like, I mean, you can go on my friends list, and lots of people's friend list at any time, and see probably at least a third of them uh, playing playing Netflix. Yep. And yeah. Oh, yeah, even yeah. though you can get Netflix on any device now, you can get it on the Wii, you can get it on the PS3, Microsoft was out in front of that yep. and they really positioned yep. it. Oh, you can, your Xbox that's already in your living room hooked up to your big TV, you can just do your Netflix right I on that, no problem. when PlayStation 3 was getting its momentum when I first started at IGN, people would talk, Peter Dilley would talk about this is going to be the entertainment hub of your living room. And they talked and talked and talked about it and Microsoft did it. Microsoft wasn't yeah. talking, they were doing it and they were putting it out there and they were putting it so that when you turned on your box, the first thing you saw is Netflix is now available. This yep. is happening, blah, blah, And Sony was there early when it was DVDs and even mm -hmm. a little bit sure. yeah. Blu-rays oh, yeah, yeah, and sure. that That's, was the service that mattered. Back in the day, I just yeah. bought a PlayStation 2 and I used it as my DVD player. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, right. And then Microsoft realized that, well, it's actually a little more than just playing some discs because not as many people buy discs anymore. They want to stream. They want to do all these other things. Yeah. So, you know, 
kudos to Microsoft. They figured it out. So well, now, Nintendo arguably has, well, definitely has the strongest lineup of you know of exclusive titles. Sure. What does it mean for them today? They they do something very different, and and you're sort of seeing the results of that with Wii U right now. You know, Nintendo wants to do something very different. Uh, they're going down a very different path, but that increasingly is you know seemingly alienating them from third parties. Third parties need again. Them. Yeah, for the fourth <laughs> yeah. console in a yeah. while. Yeah, how, how many times have yeah. I read this they story? Yeah. What year is it? I mean, that's the, so that's the weird thing is Nintendo is now you know unless something remarkably changes, uh, you know Nintendo is going to have to rely on itself, and it is probably in the best position to rely on itself out of all the first parties. That's it true. can rely on itself. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, when it wants a third-party game or it wants you know something from a different developer, they're going to have to go publish it. They're going to have to go make that partnership. Um, it's an interesting strategy. I mean, we'll see. I mean, the, the question is, can you come up with the uh, the quantity of games that you need to sustain a platform with that strategy? Right. Um, you know, and, and remains to be seen. I mean, Wii U is doing okay, not great. Um, it's certainly behind Wii. Um, we obviously saw two third-party exclusives just jump ship just now, and Ninja Gaiden was published by Nintendo in some of the territories. So, you know, does that strategy work? We'll find out. I mean, that's well, of exactly course, what the difference trying. is. Sony and Microsoft are two monolithic companies that do a billion different things. Nintendo yeah, just, just makes video yeah. games. So if they that's make, why a, they've been, they were profitable. Yeah, if they make a time. profit. You know, maybe they don't care. Yeah, I mean, they, they showed it with the 3DS. I mean, we saw them mm -hmm. do the exact same thing with the 3DS where they struggled and struggled and struggled, and then their own content has started to lead to success. I mean, they took over Japan with the 3DS. It's still a number one selling platform there. Um, it's doing pretty well here. Yep. Um, you know, but does that portable strategy apply to a home console, which costs a lot more, you know, to develop a game mm -hmm. and takes a lot more time? I think it does. I think you're going to see the same thing. We already talked about, I mean, the news is out, right, that A3 this year, correct me if I'm wrong, they're showing Zelda, they're showing... Mario. Is Smash being shown, or is it just... Smash? Me? So Smash will be revealed in some sort of state. Mario and Mario Kart will be playable, yeah. and we'll get Wind Waker HD should be there in some form, uh, and then there's the new Zelda that's sort of They're going to do there. exactly what they did with the 3DS, where they're, like, they had this weird, oh, nobody likes our system, then they showed all these games, then they were like, price drop, and here are all the games. Yeah. And, and I'm going to... That, that's and all I'll I'm waiting for. In. Totally. Yeah, I'm in. A new Mario Kart? Yes, yeah. I will buy it. I mean, that's you. the thing is like once they start really driving the Smash hype machine, everyone's going to be like, yes, please give me that. And I mean, that's the weird thing about Nintendo is they think about games differently. They always have for decades. Um, you know, some say that they still say, uh, think the same way as they did 30 years ago, but regardless, they think very differently than everybody else. Um, and that's the blessing and the curse for Nintendo, right? Like right. you buy it for their games because their games are unlike anybody else's, but. That means yeah, that I mean, you don't have everything else. They, Nintendo has the killer apps. Microsoft ha literally has the killer apps. Not as much <laughs> games anymore. It's yeah. not you know not necessarily buying it for Halo. You're buying it for so Xbox. So that's what Live. I wonder. You know, when when these new systems are launched in the fall, what's the what's the selling point? Yep. That's the, this year is going to be fascinating. We were just talking it about this last is, yeah. night. Is that what what are these systems going to come out and say they do to make people buy them? Yeah. Everyone's so happy playing games on their phone right now. Yeah. Nobody, graphics aren't enough. You can't come out and show Uncharted 4 kills on 4 and be like, look, it's amazing. It's amazing. Give me five hundred dollars. Exactly. Well, and especially in a transitional year, right? You remember when 360 and PS3 came out? You were kind of like, well, those are good, but I don't really <laughs> see why I'm buying Perfect Dark Zero. You know, like yeah, what yeah. am I doing with this? And so, you know, I think this year is going to be fascinating too because if you're a third-party publisher, same time, same thing. Are you going to go sit there and develop something just for PS4 and whatever the next Xbox is and just be like, well, I hope they sell enough units that I'll make some money on it, or are you going to sell it on 360 and 
PS3 and new Xbox and new PlayStation. It's, you know, scalability. When you start talking about this, and we have this conversation about, like, what are they going to do? And, you know, oh, well, there's this niche market over here. I really see it, what we talk about all the time, about when we're talking about we're moving towards a unified platform. And this Absolutely. is the last console cycle. And all these questions and all these co topics of conversation point you that way, right? Everything is going to be a niche market. We talk about what is what is the PlayStation 4 going to do that's going to make us buy it? And like the rumor out that we've heard, right, is that oh well, at any time you can pause out and see the last 15 minutes of gameplay and yeah, cut it up and stuff. send yeah. it up to YouTube. And it's like, all right, that's really cool for the kids who like to do that. But like, what about the rest? Of a us? lot of people <laughs> don't care. The you know yeah. the person who just has their 360 to play Call of Duty with their friends is going to look at that and be like, I never played Call of Duty and been like, holy shit. Yeah, what exactly is that webcaster audience like? Exactly. What's that? Population. Look it seems like, like we're know? yeah we're getting the console gaming is getting more and more insulated as far as like you know we're the hardcore gamers and this is what we do. And really it'll still be yeah. the software though, like you know Bungie's new game, which is called Destiny. Uh, that you know there were those court documents leaked mm -hmm. from that lawsuit with Infinity Ward, and apparently according to those contracts, you know that, that game's going to be really leading on next gen platforms this fall. I, I expect at E3 that game's going to be the centerpiece of Microsoft's showcase. Um, but it's also going to release on 360 for, for that giant installed base. But you can't if, afford it otherwise. Like, exactly. But if they crazy. start, you know, and it, with so with a Destiny, with a next gen Call of Duty, if they, yeah, those games might come out on the current gen platforms. But if if they have additional content, you know, if they have more multiplayer features and maps on the on the new systems, that's going to. You know that's gonna be like, well, all my buddies are gonna, we want to play on those maps. So all right, let's get these, let's yeah, get these. Yeah, I mean, we say that, and it sounds good, but then remember, like Madden, like the Madden 360 that came out was just awful. It had like none of the features. It was totally a rush. Well, shot. but it also came out. Everyone had already bought Madden that year because it, it sure. came out in August. Then the system with the new Madden came out in November. So who knows? Yeah, it's really interesting to watch Microsoft over the past generation because I feel like, and it's very high level, they kept. Doing very smart things where DLC is coming to this game first. Mm -hmm. This, you know, you're getting these maps first. You're getting this offering first. It was never the game, but it was the the life cycle of the game was yeah. longer the on tail. 360 first. You know, and so you know, I got my Call of Duty, and if I got it on PS3, I'm sitting there with nothing new to play. And meanwhile, all the guys on Xbox 360 right. are like, "Holy crap, I've got new maps. Yep. Come over here, guys, let's play this." And and it was just, and it wasn't any one game. It was the repetition of that idea. Too bad Over I years. had Dead Space Extraction with Dead Space 2 <laughs> on PS3. <laughs> uh, really interesting stuff. Thanks a lot, guys. What do you guys think about exclusives today? Continue the conversation in the comments. And IGN Games Group will be back soon with more video game discussion. Ooh! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.